0: You found Rebirth, a podcast to inspire. I'm Kate Brenton, your host, and I'll guide you through stories of intuitive courage and empowered living. Today I am smiling to bring you Katie Trussell of Therapeutic Eating. And let me first introduce you to what therapeutic eating is. It is teaching us to align with our intentions and our actions, learning how to navigate using our compassion and commitment to feeling good, to eating good. Katie is a licensed um, family marriage therapist, a writer, and a mama. And I want to tell you that you're going to get dropped right into the conversation. And I know in the world of technology, sometimes we want to polish everything, but I want you to hear the unabashed joy. that po- This podcast, we, I talk about empowered um, living. Empowered living can sometimes look like when technology is making something difficult for you and you decide to do it anyway. And so Katie actually... Um, step forward and sort of gave us an avenue to make this podcast happen. It was the fourth try and I feel like right now this, this podcast is being shared with you in October of 2021. A lot of us are on our fourth, fifth, sixth try of making something work and I want you to keep going and this podcast will inspire you to make better choices which might be listening to yourself, making the leap, and paying attention to what you know is true because it resides with inside of you. If you find anything of a resource here, please share it with another. Stay connected at katebreton.com. And I know you'll enjoy Katie
1: Trussell. Thanks for listening. I'm here. Can you hear me? Katie! We did. <laughs> that was four times, but that's still charming now
0: all the directions have been accounted for I mean you can lead the podcast too if you want to I don't care I
1: I can't say I'm ready for that (laughs) oh we're so triumphant
0: this is this is the um potency of of fortitude right you are really and you are so willing to keep going I really appreciate that about you
1: Oh, well, thanks. I remember this weekend, I was like, no, what was I-? I was talking to my daughter who was working on some homework recently. And I just remembered being in my room, doing my math homework, which was like my challenge. And I, I remember so clearly, like closing the book and putting it away and trying to lay down and even go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm gonna try again. And like, I got back up and I did it. I every time I like, redo things or put things down for a minute I I always remember that moment so I was trying to teach her like it's okay that you don't get it right now like you could just walk away for five minutes and everything gets clear (laughs) so you know pulling on the past every every moment Um, so
0: normally I cut out the introduction but I'm not even going to do that and I'm going to tell the listener the story because they just got dropped in and it took us four tries to start this episode and we're actually doing it on your platform, technically.
1: Yeah. Even well, though it's I, the
0: Rebirth Podcast.
1: That's right. Well, I'm sending it right back to you.
0: But that's collaboration. Totally. That's fantastic. It's such an honor. I know. This is um, the Rebirth Podcast with Katie Dressel, and I'm, I'm excited to have you here and talk about everything um, therapeutic eating, but also um, courage and tenacity, which is what you're teaching your children.
1: Hmm. How oh, cool.
0: Give us a little bit of a backstory of you in, in relationship. I know that's a big thing to just say to somebody, wow. um, but what is, where did therapeutic eating come from?
1: Awesome. Um, okay. Well, I love, I love this because I just got back from Kauai and I took a, Mm -hmm. like a soul dive into a a much needed respite weekend over there. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm on Oahu. So I'm just like a hop, skip and a jump over. But I went over there to, I just reconnect with community and the, and aloha. And not that Oahu doesn't have plenty, but there's just last week was so heavy and I just needed reminders. And so I went back and, um. Oh, I walked the land that we used to farm. We were on, living on a farm for six years and stewarding um, eight acres of beautiful pasture um, that was a part of the old guava plantation. And, um, you know, originally when I went to Kauai in 2006, I went uh, as an apprentice in Ayurveda. And so I was oh, just you did? Like, fr- yeah, I was fresh out of college and I, a uh, uh, one of my best friends had died in a very freak accident. And I was like, on my way, I was enrolled in graduate school. So I was—I had a vision of um, getting, you know, some masters or PhD doctorate level in counseling psychology. So like, I always knew that I wanted to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, but this tragedy had happened. And I lost I lost my vision like I, I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know what life was for like we could just die you know, I, it was
0: just yeah. it, it
1: shocked me into um into I don't even know what it was it yeah. just shocked me into a place of like I just need courage right now and I don't know what that means but I sent an email uh, it was like the first email and the response I got was well can you be here by Friday Really? So, yeah. So I, <laughs> so I bought a, a one, uh, you know, one way ticket and packed a bag and my parents gave me their blessing. And I just said, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll go to graduate school in a month from now. And that was like 12 years mm. later. So mm. um, I stayed on Kauai for 11 years, kind of always holding this um, vision in my mind that I would become a therapist, but on the, on the way to, to getting there or even commencing, um, on that path, I, you know, became, I went through a yoga teacher training and I discovered my love of food and I, and I, and, and not even my love of food, but my healing, um, healing through the lens of food and going to farmer's markets and just noticing how vibrant and, Alive, I felt when I used food that was, you know, growing so close to my footsteps and just realizing that like, you know, abundance is literally like at at arm's reach and, Mm -hmm. um, and Hawaii is just so good at teaching us that but I just started getting really creative and realizing that I was doing a lot of my deeper healing through the creation of dishes that literally went into my mouth and nourished my body and, um, and so once we were stewarding this uh, this land on the North Shore of Kauai, I realized there was this, like, I loved, so, you know, long story short, I, I went through my yoga teacher training, and I started teaching yoga, and I was exercising my passion for food, and I became a private chef, and, you know, this, this beautiful, like, evolution of things. Um, And then when we were finally on the land, and I was growing my own food, I sort of something clicked for me where I was working for really like, high end clients, and um, everybody wanted to eat really well. You know, everybody wanted Mm -hmm. to eat delicious food. um, But I started this, this um, psych sort of nerd, (laughs) part of me was just like, but, but who's the person that we're bringing to the table, you know, like, is it really mm. all about the food or are we just like using food as a mechanism? And I just, I realized that there was a really deep, um, there, there was something I just hadn't completed yet. And so, you know, one thing ne- led to the next and we had to leave the farm because of, um, certain hands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ownership and, and various yeah. things. In Unexpected. The land of- well, let's, yeah. can I say this
0: without <clears throat> getting into details of it? Mm-hmm. For you as a person, mm-hmm. that was, I would imagine, you know, we didn't know each other then, but Kauai is a small island. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that would have been a shock. Leaving was a bit of a shock. Is that fair to say? Leaving Kauai? Leaving the land that you were farming. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and by that point I had two kids in tow. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a a, a heartbreak. Mm
0: -hmm. So I'm pointing this out not to dramatize, but I also, I feel like I'm, I'm hearing so much already that is Mm. beautiful in your story. And I'm, but I'm also hearing it through a lens of some back knowledge and, one of the things I like to do about this podcast is remind people that when you're looking at someone else's story, your mind can say, Oh, well, she was growing her own food and she had to move. And it was like, it sounds to me like you had made a really courageous leap and worked really hard to this pinnacle. And sometimes, unfortunately, for reasons completely outside of our control, you can be doing everything right. And life just Mm -hmm. goes next. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, um, That's a large thing to rebound from personally, Mm -hmm. professionally, and then as a mother, (laughs) just I just wanted to pause and say that was not a small reorganization. Fair? Mm -hmm.
1: Totally fair. And it's so wild that in retrospect, and I'm sitting here now, like looking back and I'm like, it was leaving the farm that actually reinitiated my path towards getting my licensure or working towards my licensure, getting my master's finally.
0: Interesting
1: because, you know, I was working with the land and I was getting, you know, my my hands were thick in the dirt and I was, you know, pulling weeds and, you know, yes, digging holes and planting fruit bearing trees and, and food. And I just, I had this deep yearning inside, like every day, like really Katie, like, I know this is profound work. And I made, I hate to use the word excuse because it, it, it felt so purposeful. So I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was making excuses, but my heart was tugging at me all Mm. the time. Like, you know, are you, are you doing this forever? And the land was kind of like a mandala in a way. Like I had everything Mm. that I did, I had to be detached, you know, knowing that, Mm. um, you know, we probably Mm -hmm. weren't going to live there forever. Um, But, but yeah. (laughs) Those so then thoughts, that's also interesting,
0: yeah. too, because sometimes, you know, I was talking to somebody, it doesn't matter who, about, um, you know, in, intuitive leaps. And they said, well, you can't really predict that. And I go, no, but if you hear it enough, sometimes it's helpful to hear that the thing that seems like with the land, the thing that seems that like, oh, why did this happen? You know, perhaps at the time, definitely in retrospect, you're like, but actually, we'll use the word uh, surprise you know, that, that, that surprise led to an, like one of your truest intentions. And that's,
1: that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Um, gosh. And yeah. And I was thinking too, to myself, it was just like, I, you know, people used to walk cause the land that we used to live on was right. Um, it's on the beautiful Kulihiwai Ridge zone and um, people will park their car and walk to stone Dam, and they used to walk by our yurt. So we had a 24 foot yurt and um, right on this biking and walking path and people used to stand in the path and point their finger and they'd be like that that's what we and i could hear it because you know sound sound (laughs) travels on land and so i'd be standing in our in our um kitchen extension you know doing whatever things that i was doing making pancakes and making coffee and all the things and um i could hear what they were saying and they're like that's the dream that it that's (sighs) it oh wow yeah and I just remember being like, "Don't ever take this for granted, you know, like remember that you're living what other people you know um aspire to and mm-hmm. and in a way, I almost let that guilt me as well. Sure, you know? that's so
0: tricky about living that something doesn't have to be wrong for mm-hmm. it to need to pass right to the next phase mm-hmm. right
1: yeah, mm-hmm. and I also you know in hindsight too, thinking about like. It, it sounds so delightful and it was so like, it was such an enriching experience, but man, I mean, we were, we were living in a vortex. I mean, you know, there was so much profound healing going on. I mean, let alone just having babies on the land. And I had my daughter in the yurt and I had my son like right outside the yurt. So I saw, like, in addition to that, just like, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that we were, we were out there processing daily, you know, you're not just out there kind of like living the dream. It's like right. It takes...
0: <laughs> it's, oh no, God. there's a there is a give and take for the privilege. Yes, mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um so yeah, I left I went back to Maine where I'm originally from for five months after the closing of the land and kind of um, tried to get clear on what I was doing. And my kids' father at that time had sort of refocused his efforts towards a larger scale nonprofit and so we had had this sort of period of separation and I was kind of screwing my head on tight and figuring out what my personal next steps were. And, um, I thought, well, you know, Oahu and then bless this place. Cause I'm so grateful for Oahu, but it wasn't my first choice. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, you know, I'm glad that my kids' father had clear direction, but, but I needed, I needed intention. And I started looking around at, um, at schools and I realized that, you know, this is the time, this is the time I go back. And as you know, I reapplied, you know, in a number of weeks had reapplied, you know, been accepted, done all the paperwork, the legwork, repacked bags, brought, you know, my kids in tow and, um, you know, resituated ourselves in the city, which was incredible contrast. Like I yeah. just remember collecting all of our compost in our, in our freezer because I felt so badly about, waste, you know, because mm-hmm. living on the farm, everything becomes compost, everything becomes food for the next thing. And um, I bought like a 50 gallon composting bin and put it on our lanai and like dumped in all of these <laughs> frozen scraps and just like tried to, you know, be the hippie farmer little, <laughs> you know, girl that I that I was and, and loved and but it was fun, you know, that last lasted for a little while. But um, there was a lot to appreciate in the contrast, you know, living in the city, whereas like, I don't have to spray my feet down with the hose every time I walk in the house and spray my children down with the hose. And um, it was like, now I'm managing what goes on inside um, Mm. rather than outside. And so that Mm. was a really, really cool opportunity. And once I got my master's, I like, I literally graduated with my master's in marriage and family therapy a month after COVID hit. Oh, wow. So um, and I was working on my practicum in the in the next or the last level of my internship and I had done my capstone. And um, when COVID hit, uh, I was laid off naturally. And I had seven months to figure out what what in the actual, you know, I was doing with everything, you know, now I'm here with my my degree and, and major accomplishment because aside from that and like everything it took to get there, my, this, the original school that I was in had closed. So I had to transfer everything to another school. Um, and anyway, it was tumultuous in its own right, but it was a major accomplishment. And then I had to think clearly like, well, what is it that I'm, that I'm really interested in doing? Like I've never dropped my passion for food. I've never, um, You know, I think for the most part, people maybe not even I don't know if people I don't represent myself as, you know, a therapist. I've always kind of put my food photos Mm -hmm. and photography and my love of, you know, it's been my my creative expression. So I think people have maybe always associated me with food Um, and that never died. So when I was there to really think critically about like what I wanted to do, I just started writing and I started writing and I started writing. And then all of a sudden my writing became what's now the therapeutic eating program. And a hundred mm. PDF pages later, um, I had come up with the process that I had gone through to heal my relationship to food and my body. And, um, and thankfully had, um, you know, right around seven, eight months had gotten hired, rehired, hired into a huge, um uh, What do you call? It? I work for Catholic Charities. So we're a huge nationwide mm. nonprofit, and I'm able to continue my road to licensure. Um, but in the meantime got really um, clear on what it is that I want to do once I become uh, licensed in this field, which, I'm still, you know, building that momentum now. So I'm working as a therapist um, in crisis intervention and keeping children out of foster care and working with babies and mamas and, um, and all of that. And, and that's beautiful. And on a side, I'm also um, everyday nurturing therapeutic eating, which has become my, my passion pursuit. I'm so impressed. I feel like here's,
0: A few things I'd like to tell someone that's listening: Your food is amazing. It's actually sort of alchemical. I think it's in the category. You know, when I had your food, we met because there was a retreat, and yes, I had your food, and I thought, oh, this is the kind of so quiet as I as couple circles that I had been in. I'm sure yourself. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of delineation of is this vegan? Is this gluten free? Is you know, are you? You know, there's a lot of delineation, and I feel like your food is the type of food that is a little bit above the delineation, meaning, yeah. yeah, you get it. Yeah, I really, I think it's an art. I remember being like, oh, this is just really, really beautifully prepared food. So the, the limitations, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. And I think that imprint sort of like how you ripple out, you know, you bring a lot of beauty and um, intentionality to what you do, mm. it's pretty evident. So yeah, it's, it, it's be- yeah. It's beautiful to hear the fullness of your, um, of your story and to hear um, how much nurturing you do, right? So it's either therapeutic eating, which I know you're going to talk to us a little bit about the, you know, your kind of realization moment with the mm-hmm. yoga class. And, but you're also nurturing mamas and babies. And um, I mean, that's essential nourishment. I understand the context that you're doing it in, but it's, it's like this, you know, pocket, of inception for humanity that is so often overlooked yet it's the building block just like food Mm, (laughs) like if the mamas and the babies aren't healthy then it doesn't people kind of just forget that those people become the people that our society likes to think are significant you know what i mean like but they can't grow into that if they don't have the safety and love at home whatever that absolutely
1: And a lot of the time when we're healing our relationship to food and our bodies, we're going back. We're going back to the time when trust was lost.
0: You mm-hmm. know, we're going
1: back to the deeper wounding. This is why I couldn't ever just do food alone. You know, food was about addressing our belief system. It was, a, it was about addressing the constant judgment that enters the kitchen every time we select what we're going to put in our mouths. It mm-hmm. was it, it was. It was about so much more. It was about fusing the, the clinical side of, and the, and the deep, even spirit, yes, absolutely spiritual side of psychology and the psychology of food and the nourishment and, um, and deliciousness too of food. So it was, it's, it's, it's a way of, of fusing those two major qualities so that we feel joy in our bodies because that's the wellspring of all of these things. Um, at least for me, as I've experienced it, you know, and I no,
0: I'm, I'm glad you said joy because I feel like that is actually a word that I've been pulling back into my life. Not that it wasn't present, but I feel like my natural cadence of that got a little disrupted in the past year of the way mm-hmm. that I would cultivate that. And, you know, there was all these different things, but I felt like, well, wait, how do I live life? Not how, not, not what's going on. And therefore, how is my life? Prior to that conversation, how do I live life? And it's like, actually, I was a pretty joyful person. You know, no mm-hmm. one's perfect, but, like, and and cultivating that. And I feel like when we talk about, um, we'll just separate the two words for a second, therapy and eating, mm-hmm. there's often so much language. But joy kind of makes sure that whatever needs to be shored up has been shored up because mm-hmm. the
1: spirit can rise into it, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Well, mm-hmm. I mean, and we, it's It just goes without saying that we know so much more about nutrition than we ever did. And for me to really work with somebody, it's, I I see it next to impossible to not just explore what we're doing on a daily basis to just nourish ourselves, you know, and, and that, and and it's also beautiful because I work with, um, with, with a, a demographic that it doesn't have the kind of resources that I, I am so grateful to have, you know, that organic produce or local food, or mm-hmm. having abundance of vitamins, minerals, fiber, all the things that I get to, you know, put into my body every day to, to rejuvenate my cells, um, are not within reach, or at least my clients' first choice. And I love the the fact that I can see that contrast and still work with people. Um, and, you know, if I if I didn't do such short sort of intensive work with my clients and fulfill the desire of this huge organization that I'm so grateful to work for, and had this uh, a longer time frame of, to work with people, which is my ultimate goal, mm-hmm. we would be working on the day to day as well as the the therapeutic process, which is the you know multi generational family sure. line and mm-hmm. and the deeper wounding and the trauma um, and as well as what you do on a daily basis to hydrate and, and nourish. So it's like the stepping stones to getting to this is so interesting and it's helping me to, um, like soften my own expectations, you know, like I have Mm -hmm. what's idyllic and how I want to do my work ultimately. And all of the like, uh, Yeah, all of all of the work involved in the meantime, that's like, okay, I can I can relax the fact that like we can't do this perfectly all the time. And it's beautiful in that way, because um, at the end, you know, and thank you for your description of my food, because it's like I I, thank you. I just I'm so like I'm so flattered. And on a real like day to day, like it's I I keep it so simple, Kate, like so simple. And I find that that's 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 been the key.
0: Oh, well, sure. I mean, let's just pause. We can't be living <laughs> life and, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. always having the grand meal. But I, I feel and this isn't fair, because I haven't eaten your day to day. But because I've tasted um, your craft, we'll say it that mm-hmm. way, when someone asks you for your craft. And I actually consider myself a pretty healthy eater. I'm not perfect. But if we compare i 'm um, sure. conscious of you know, and, and my yeah. son eats pretty ho- like like he he doesn 't understand the processed food situation like we 're not doing you know it 's organic we 're making it home yeah. and all that kind of stuff but not but and my default isn 't the creative construction of food, mm. so I can appreciate. When someone, so you're, so if you had a, you know, a week and a, a large budget and it was inspiring, you could, you know, mm-hmm. really dance, right? But mm-hmm. the inception of how you interpret food is there, mm-hmm. whether you're doing a large event or a small one.
1: Right. See
0: what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm just having flashbacks of literally us standing in that kitchen in Anahola, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm just remembering what kinds of things that were prepared even for that event alone. But yes, yes, I'm with you.
0: So it's, I mean, cause I've tasted foods at lots of retreats and say certain people can get the same budget, mm-hmm. but if the spark isn't there, you know, mm-hmm. listen, it's quiet. It's not hard to get Could taste. You know what I mean? You're not, right. you're not in a place that doesn't have fresh food. So what right. gets really illuminated is when someone plays even more with that. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I agree with you totally um, that the, the magic's really in what's the everyday. And that's what mamas right. need. The mamas yes. need like the shortcut of like, oh, you know, I know sometimes you post about like, oh, pancakes or something that's like, uh-huh. and look at what I did the next day. I'm like, See, that's very helpful. That's practical. In the trenches of momming or right. you know, caretaking, and that is really where it happens. I, to- I, 100% agree with you. That's where lifestyle comes in, oh, for sure.
1: Absolutely, yes. yes.
0: Okay, so I really want to hear about this moment with you in the yoga situation, and that's my abrupt because I you're listening to you, and what I'm hearing, you know, in the construct is like you you've had a holistic mindset because when when you had since young right? Because Ayurveda is where you went to find solace and Ayurveda mm-hmm. um, is near and dear to my heart too. I'm not trained. I mean, I have understanding of it. I don't pretend to be trained in it, but mm-hmm. it really helps if you're coming from a, I call an East coast culture. It really helps reorient your mind. So mm-hmm. what you, what your being knows is true. It's all connected, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you're traveling in this way and you're getting right into like in a time of life where everyone's starting to understand that, like, if you want immunity, if you want strength in your body, guess who's in charge? You are. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Um, And so we don't, we don't have to be perfect at it. We can follow Katie on Instagram and get inspirations. We can do the November body reset. We'll do a link for that. We can get Katie's cookbook. That's going to be coming out. We can say, you know what, this investment, is actually going to save me time, save me. I like to call it, um, mental like I do a CSA and part Mm. of the reason that I love my CSA is I don't go to a regular grocery store but like two to three times a month as a mom Mm. you know it's the the load I'm supporting farm I'm getting really local food it's very economical for me to do that but also Mm. the mental load because Mm. then it leaves space for creativity I'm like oh what's in the box what can I do with it if exactly. I don't know what to do with it, I can go, you know, we have such a wealth of information. Now we can go find somebody else that knows what to do when you have eggplant three weeks in a row and you don't eat eggplant because <laughs> it's a nightshade, you know, right? but you're grateful that it's fresh, you know? So um, I would love, I love in like inception moments. So would you talk to us a little bit about that and what your journey, because it sounds like you, you have a, a learned developed and a lived relationship with body and food.
1: Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, you know, as soon as I was listening to you speak and I was following your words, I just felt like I was transported to my college apartment where I was living Mm -hmm. with a boyfriend at the time. And it's just when I started, um, it's when I started reading books on Ayurveda and and women in healing and, um, giving myself, you know, um, and massages with sesame oil and just just, like making kitchery and soaking, Mm -hmm. soaking dates and (laughs) uh, in ghee and just making the most amazing bowls of oatmeal out of the simplest ingredients. And just like, then I just felt completely transformed by food and self care. Mm. Mind you, um, I don't, you know, I, I, I certainly fell upon this because there was a deep yearning and aching and desire to heal because, um, I had, oh, I had struggled with an eating disorder, um, by the, you know, it, everything sort of initiated at the age of 15, um, had kind of gotten pretty bad around like 17 and by 19, you know, I, I mean, I was, I don't know, I was in the throes, I was in the throes, <laughs> and I, I realized that at that point I was really running from something, and I was oh. um, mad at myself a lot, and I was feeling shame and I was feeling self-sabotage, and I was doing all the things that you know I, that I didn't like. And so I was trying to um, rebound from that, and I didn't and beautifully enough, I mean, I'm so grateful for this, I was like what, not 20, maybe, and stumbling, stumbling upon Ayurveda. And it just, it felt like a, a a soft feather bed that just kind of held me and gave me a place to put my intentions. And I certainly didn't do it perfectly. And, um, but but I did my best and Mm -hmm. that really opened up this arena of like, okay, um, like you can, you can heal yourself. And because because Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga, it's really what begins you uh, opening up the, the well of psychology within, you know, yoga is like mm-hmm. an umbrella term, right? It's not mm-hmm. just like a physical practice you wake up to and, you know, work on a mat while the sun is rising. It's just like, it's, it's so massive. Um, and that that alone, it was just kind of like beginning ritual, you know, really honoring those moments in the morning where I make tea and oatmeal and um, acknowledge that, um, you know, that, that I'm aware of the sun rising and there's energetics around me. Um, And when, you know, for anybody who reads, you know, books by Vasant Lad will understand, Mm -hmm. like, he's a, he's a huge lover of Hawaii. And so right then I was, I was actually connected to Hawaii way before I even thought I'd ever move here um, because he Mm. would say things like, you know, Hawaii has the most temperate climate. That's most perfect for, you know, human. (gasps) Oh, Tridoshik. um, He does say that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I know. I was like, it, it. I Yeah, I, I had no idea that when I was there on my in my apartment on High Street in Massachusetts in the Berkshires that I would ever end up in Hawaii. And not to mention, I started practicing yoga, doing videos with Nikki Doan, who lives on Maui. At least she used to. I think she still does. But she turns out to be best friends with my personal yoga teacher, Bhavani Maki, who's on Kauai. So anyway, it was just such a wild, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I love when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, talk about the law of attraction and really setting intentions. and, and yeah. Um, destiny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to make sure that I answer your question, but, I, but I, I really felt transported to that moment when it was like, I always felt, um, I guess I could even go 10 steps further back and just say, you know, like when I was a child, my parents worked a lot. I would, I had epilepsy. Um, I had a benign Rolandic epilepsy that kept me pretty sick for a couple years. Um, I remember like, you know, there are photos of me just like preparing my own food and, and, you know, taking my, just, I just had a lot of independence as a kid and I was also kind of um, unwell. And so Mm. I just, I think that, everything matters, you know, at all of these little, um, experiences and issues and, um, and victories and it, they all, they all matter. They all become a, 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 a piece of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not surprised that I fell into food as a mode of expression. I grew up with, um, people who uh, all of my family members are musicians. My brother is a professional bassoonist and, he plays for the symphony orchestra in oh, Oregon huh. and Texas. And yeah, and I, and I always felt a little like, I tried every instrument, why is nothing clicking? And then I realized, you know, like oh, food,
0: food. food
1: was my- yeah. Food is your
0: instrument. Yeah, yeah. you definitely, uh, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. And my mom was uh, naturally an artist. And so I think I took the best of everything um, mm-hmm. and and fused it into, you know, what um, what I've really enjoyed doing with my my time and creative energy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Ayurveda really held me. And then when it came time to actually move here and, um, and I, I, did my apprenticeship for about three months before I landed in a yoga studio and started working with Bhavani. And, um, if anybody knows Bhavani Maki, I mean, she's just like mm-hmm. the most incredible channel for, um, for the the, the deeper understanding of, of our conscious connection to um, movement and, and life and 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 trauma and what we're ultimately healing from. And so yeah. really, really working with her was understanding. Um, it was connecting not only the Ayurveda and the, and the physical practice, but the psychology. So that, again, was another reason why I was like, I felt... Um, uh, I don't reassured by yoga that I'm that I continue to be on on the right path despite mm-hmm. my um, my pain and my recovery and my fears and um, yes when I began learning sutras from her and going through the padas I just I had many many a moment where I just felt <clears throat> I felt death and birth like all on the same place Um, which may be beautifully enough with this rebirth podcast, like it was, Oh my God, I, I, I'll never forget being in the studio in Hanalei. And just like, I, I I don't remember which sutra it was, but it changed me. Um, And I should remember which one it was. No,
0: it's a, it's a science. And then the mantra, that's mm -hmm. the thing that's sort of been lost. Well, I don't, to be a true yogic practitioner um, means that you, that you understand the science of it. So it's like, I find it fascinating that yes, everything is connected and all is one. And so to 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 honor that state, there's this pristine specificity mm-hmm. to discipline the form. You know, the mm-hmm. yantras and the sutras and, and the postures and the nakshatras and the food and the cooling and um I really appreciate now, you know, when people would say yogic science, there's a, there's a Mm. curriculum not far from where I am in Philadelphia. And I actually got to hear Vasant Maud speak there
1: Mm.
0: very long time ago when I was very new to any of these concepts. And in meeting him, I thought, you know, just being in the audience that he had Mm. and listening to him speak and how he presented information, I thought, oh, this isn't something you just acquire. Like you can't mm-hmm. just take Ayurveda, mm-hmm. right? It, you can't possess it. You can, you can steward it. You can share it. But it's, it's with, once you try to grasp it for your own means, it kind of moves. And it was interesting because he was giving a conference to medical professionals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hear that with, you know, the, your food being an instrument and her sutra being her instrument, right, mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to find the resonance for you.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know um, why, but I, I just recalled, you know, this is why, um, this is why we, we evolved to understanding the power of lifestyle and that we learn to discern and sway from fads, you know, and trends and, you know, panaceas and these like trendy um you know shiny glittery distractions that are are everyday these days right it's just like how many advertisements can we see for the next thing that's gonna just like resolve our <laughs> life's issues and it's just like and and i am no um like I, i'm not immune to getting you know caught up or at least interested or and i think the the psych nerd in me is always interested too. in like, why we, why we become attracted to these things. Sure. So I'm, you know, I'll, I'll entertain the idea of like reading into what, what's attracting people's attention, but, um, thank God, uh, with age and wisdom and experience that I can also say, okay, like, is that really right for me? Like how temporary is this? Like, does it really, you know, fulfill what it is that I'm working toward and, um, because, yeah, it, just what you said about Vasant Lad, what you said about Ayurveda and yoga and just the fact that, like, even the practice. Like, I remember I was such a diligent student with, with Bhavani. I would go to the studio. I practiced, like, three hours a day. And then I'd teach on top of that. And I think I probably didn't eat until middle of the day. And <laughs> like There came a point where I was just, like, I, I was overly frail. And I was bur- probably burnt out. And I had to ask myself, like, how how sustainable is this, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and thankfully what I've come to understand and, you know, had to feel the depth of guilt and shame for walking away from such intensity and passion that like, this is, this is life. And we're meant to understand it at every stage that we wake up to. And we're not meant to be the same version of ourselves all the time that, that, you know, the way that I, even ate or moved as a teenager in a, you know, thin fit or, you know, nourished body then is not what I'm going to do at 38. Does it mean that I have to sacrifice like my, my vanity? Because that's, I, you know, I talk about this a lot in my therapeutic eating program. It's just like, I, I, I hate with the body love movements and body positivity too. I, I hate for people to dis, disown or detach from their, from their natural ambition to live in a body that they, that they love and that they're even personally attracted to. Like, I don't want us to get to a place where we're even being dishonest with ourselves just because popular, you know, um, messages say so. So um, not to like sway our conversation, but that, that really like.
0: Oh, I thought that um... was beautiful. I just didn't want to interrupt you. And I really appreciate your articulation. I think there's a precipice
1: with that. Mm. That could be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I I I suppose just naturally speaking to the evolution of like, you know, I don't I no longer expect myself to be exactly who I was because I don't want to go back for a minute, you know. Um I've and this weekend actually on Kauai just um instilled in me that like, you know, despite leaving Kauai and feeling just the heartache of walking away from such an amazing place and always fearing, you know is Hawaii going to still love me and accept me or Hawaii rejecting me? You know, it's just like, I I really saw like, well, hot damn girl, you know, pat yourself on the back. You've done some really Mm. hard work and, um, Hmm. and, and use every moment of, of life over there as a, as a means to make the next decision. Um, But yeah, I don't, I, I think that, that remembering that we are here to wake up to, to I want to be really intentional here. From what I understand and from how I try and, and live intentionally, I, I try to be who I am in this moment and do that with the least amount of outside influence. Also recognizing that I need you and I need my teachers, and I need my community, and I need my friends, and I need, I need every bit of exposure that I get, and that ultimately what matters the most is that I wake up and I make sure that that feels right in me, inside of me, um, for me, um, that it's in alignment. And that, that alone, like that level of discernment, which is the ultimate um, teaching in, in yoga, is that that discernment is cultivated over time. And we want it right away. We want mm-hmm. it instantly. We want to know exactly what to choose to feed ourselves. We want to understand that that was the best choice possible. We want to, you know, um, and, and all of that is colored by, by judgment. So every day it's just kind of like making a very sincere, um, intentional um, choice to, to let the judgment fade away and to make choices that, that simply feel good and that nothing needs to... Uh, at least look perfect on the outside, that I brought my full self to um, that decision-making process and I'll make the best decision that I can next time. And that I'm just one kind of step in front of the other.
0: I agree that that, I mean, that's the goal and that's partially with um, wisdom that that comes, right? And I think I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, We've lost the cadence of that there's seasons in life. Yeah. And we, we can recalibrate how we raise a family with you know different ideas to sort of perhaps buffer things as human consciousness grows or grows enough to realize it needs to go backwards to simpler ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, but I agree with you. It's it's that inner alignment. It's mm-hmm. the inner alignment, and I and I feel like it's a, it's a real kung fu move these days mm-hmm. to have a trusted
1: inner conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And can I even just mention because um, I recall working with mothers who are reunifying with their babies just a, a couple years ago is working at a treatment center. And I made this um, correlation, at least in my mind, and I, re- I I brought this to my supervisor at the time, she was like, nah, she was like way too clinical, you know, clinical <laughs> minded to clinically minded to entertain the thought that I was bringing to the table. But I, I saw it so clearly because my clients would would tell me that the reason why they used methamphetamine Mm -hmm. was because it it helped them to to not think about the other ways that they would that they would otherwise be Mm -hmm. feeding themselves so they Mm -hmm. felt out of control with food Mm
0: -hmm. and i
1: was like isn't this interesting you know whoever i was talking to i was like this is fascinating like This confirms one of the major reasons why I've never not been interested in why food matters so much in our relationship to our bodies is because like, unless we embrace this on a daily basis, then we will find ways to not focus on it. And if you want a distraction, if you want Mm -hmm. major distraction, oh my God.
0: Right.
1: The world will,
0: yeah, the world will offer you very dangerous ones.
1: Mm-hmm, if you turn mm-hmm.
0: away from the, <clears throat> the the discipline of yourself, yeah. it'll offer you very dangerous ones
1: yeah yeah and and um you know, and while I you know probably won't be able to you know do much of the therapeutic eating work with old clients that I used to work with, I'm so grateful that it opened my mind to um this understanding that like we if when we embark on this path of of self-love and, and therapeutics. Like it really begins with how, um, with, with, with this really super courageous step forward to say like, okay, am I, am I really willing to address my relationship to food in my body? Because unless, unless I am, I might be sidestepping for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I could go back in some ways and just like work with old clients. And I, I remember being in class teaching parenting thing, parenting classes and whatnot. And like, you know, it, it's almost like I'm talking gibberish, but they understood the body part. A lot of a lot of women. I mean, the body is a common language. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, really is. And, and it doesn't so, lie. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> mean, it, doesn't
0: no, lie. it doesn't lie. Yes. Um, I love. I, we might have to have you back on. And I, am really (laughs) snickering now at the, the fortitude that was asked to make this call kind of connect, you know, from one ocean to another, but I would love for you to talk just a little bit about therapeutic eating and the body Mm -hmm. reset that's coming up. Can you just tell us a little
1: bit about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, um, Oh, the the first um the first reset began um and I like to say this because I'm human just like all of us and um and I certainly don't strive for perfection I just strive to be a reflection of who I am in the moment with intention but <laughs> that said um you know I woke up in August 2020 and um I was still working on my therapeutic eating program and, you know, kind of in the, in the, in the trenches of COVID and uh, lockdowns and all the things. And it was my son's birthday and we had had fun, but I woke up the next day and I'd had, I think one or two shots of tequila and he had eaten chocolate cake. And I was like, well, I feel like junk. I was like, this is not how I want to feel for being a woman of, you know, intention and wanting to wake up and feeling good. And so that was that. Um, I woke up and I made a pot of soup and I called a friend and I was like, I'm going to do this thing for 10 days. And she was like, I want to do it with you. And so for 10 days, she joined me and we ate soup and we, Um, And I gave her recipes and I gave her meal ideas and sort of created a protocol and outline just because like my little nerdy self and that likes to do things like that. And, um, and that was that and that was the first reset in August of 2020. And I realized Mm. that I felt so good after those 10 days that I felt literally, mentally and physically shifted that I need that I want to do this every quarter. And I want to preface this by saying that I, um, I used to actually even, I remember saying on Facebook is like, I don't like cleanses, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not a person who cleanses. Like we just, you know, why not just wake up every day and treat every day like an opportunity to be really good to yourself. And like, why do we need juice fasts? And why do we need, you know, Purium and why do we need things when, when we can be intentional and, you know, very humbled by that old statement um, and, and judgment that I made, I realized that cleanses or intention setting or time, uh, respites can be insanely powerful. And so, Mm. um, I use this as a, as a way to sort of also shift my mentality around, you know, taking really sincere, honest, uh, time away. And, um, and yes, so it became a, a quarterly thing because I like to, you know, have challenges. And then I also like to do what I call wiggling in the time between, you know, <laughs> And I don't expect myself even to follow strict guidelines and protocols, but you know, I can do something for 10 days. You know, it's not, it's not three days, which is, you know, pretty, a pretty minor challenge. And it's also not 30 where, you know, you've got to ask sure. yourself if you're really willing to give something up for 30 days, but 10 days felt like, You know, it gives me a week and plus a weekend, which is honestly, from a therapeutic standpoint, a lot of the time where things come up, you know, when the Mm -hmm. hustle of the week and our jobs and our children and all the things, you know, aren't so slow down, right? When the
0: slowdown happens. Mm -hmm. Exactly,
1: exactly. So the reset will always include also a weekend. And so what, what I do, what it's become is, um, a, is sort of a meal protocol. We tend, you know, to eliminate things like dairy and gluten and nuts and, um, you know, packaged and processed foods, but it, you know, I offer many recipes for dressings and soups that you can sort of make on rotation. Um, I encourage that people learn to eat to fullness, um, that five bowls of soup, if that's what your body asked for is, is wonderful, you know, to celebrate mm-hmm. that. Um, I offer journal prompts and a private Facebook group page, and just a place to um, uh, hold the space. And also, mm-hmm. the the beauty of the kind of day and age that we're in too is just like everybody's also very independent of it. It's not like we're meeting in a retreat center and doing it in one big protective bubble. You know, you're in your home environment, which is why I call right. it. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and there's like a that I like that that imprints, because a lot of times when people only do that at home, that's like, well, that's what I do when I leave my house. And so when you bring that practice into mm-hmm. home, people start to understand like, oh, oh, this takes more effort. And then by the third day or fourth day, it's like, oh, this is just what we're doing. Right? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I, I have found it a tough language to articulate the, the, the language of Um, healing your relationship to food. But when you put it into practice, when you buy ingredients to prepare two pots of soup that you can eat at your leisure, um, Mm. when you begin to make dressings that you have on hand, and you just, you're in a pinch, and you're hungry, and your kids are running around, you've got laundry to do but you're hungry that you chop up some bell pepper and carrots and cucumber, whatever, and you have this delicious sauce um, that you Mm. that's also medicinal that you nourish your body with, you know, and then it's just it's kind of um, it's, it's a good teacher in preparation and being really mindful of like how to put food, food, your bodies and your body and intention first so that everything can fall into place after. And I think that that ultimately is one of those gems that we take into our lives when the reset is over,
0: um, mm.
1: because what I what I've really begun to see it as is it's um, it's about behavior change because sure. when we begin to change our behavior, we begin to see ourselves differently. And the way we see ourselves is ultimately the, the place that where we're making decisions from. So um, it's, I'm proud beautiful of it. Shit. And it's, and it's, <laughs> and it's beautiful. And I've begun to share my therapeutic eating program within the body reset groups. And I do lives. And like I said, like, um, I provide the space in the container, but I also like, everybody is in their own space too and doing their mm-hmm. own thing. We have one collective, you know, uh, er- arena where we can gather and share photos and thoughts and processes and um, journal prompting insights. And then we go on our merry way and do our lives. And then we're done with the 10 days and we go and we wiggle for three more months. <laughs> into the next reset. And, um, yeah, that's the, that's the reset. I mean, mm, I yeah. love it. I love it. I um,
0: love it. I love Intentionality and we will, Put a link so that people can hop in on November. And if you're listening to this, you now and you missed the November. Depending on when you listen to the episode, now you know that it happens every every season, right? Every quarter. So, um, every quarter, it, yeah. There's an invitation for you, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on the Rebirth podcast.
1: Thank you, Kate. Oh my gosh, I can't this wait. is so good.
0: Yeah, yeah me neither. I... This is really good. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into Rebirth, and I hope you are smiling. At the end of our episode with Katie, I think what I want you to get from this or what I'm hoping you're smiling with is that when you make decisions of resonance, remember that fortitude is going to come with it and you can do it. So if you're feeling like, oh, maybe I want to do the body reset, go check out therapeuticeating.com and see if you want to work with Katie. If you're thinking that I don't exactly know what I need to do, hop on over to katebreton.com, Come on to our newsletter. Stay connected This is a really powerful time for you to be you. And we're here to help you with that. Thanks so much for tuning in.